through the neutral zone. Comes Connor McDavid. Double team. Got it back. Wrist shot. Score. What a beautiful move. Deep backhand. Went back to the forehand. And welcome back, Connor. His sixth goal of the season is a work of art. Raleigh, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. Ladies and gentlemen, Dagger. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. 7.07 is the time of the evening. Still ahead, Bob Stoffer, Brett Pollock, who was traded today. Kelly Moore out of CJOB in Winnipeg to tell you a little bit about Adam Party and about where the Jets are headed. We'll talk a little Eskimos later on as well. Chris Getzlaff in town today. We'll hear from him and play-by-play voice Morley Scott. Of course, you can always text us at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Go to the Ched website for a complete rundown of all the trades in the NHL today and all the moves made by the Edmonton Oilers. Our next guest was once traded for Gino Ojic as we bring in former Oilers defenseman, current host of Dinner Television on City TV, Jason Strudwick. Jason, old boy, how's it going? I'm very good. I'm great, actually. You know what? i got to tell you, though, when you see Kelly Moore, when you talk to him, ask Kelly. He was my play-by-play guy in Camels when he was the Blazers. And this is a funny story. He, we were playing Portland in the playoffs. And Kelly Moore said on the radio, he said that there's no way the Blazers will beat the Portland Trail Blazers in the playoffs. So the players made him a deal, said, if we beat them, we want you to shave your head. So we beat them in the playoffs. We honestly, we, we flew back to our dressing room and got Kelly's down there. We shaved his head in Portland's dressing room right after the game. We were so happy to shave his head. We asked him if he liked his haircut when Camels beat Portland in the playoffs in the Western League. So how did, how did he receive that? Was he, was he a good sport about it? He was great. You know, Kelly was a great. I really like Kelly. But every time I think of him, I think of that time. And, you know, he, it was probably reasonable to think that Portland would beat us. They were stacked that year. But we were just a little bit better. And, uh, but it's so funny. Like, every time I think of him, I, I, and he had a thick head of hair back then and a big beard. So we shaved him. We all got a chance to take a couple locks off his head. Wow, that is awesome. What do you remember about you being traded on March 23rd, 1998 for Gino Ojic? Well, I remember it was a lot different than uh, it is now. I mean, no one had uh, access to what we have now. Um, but I just, I was playing for the Islanders at the time. We pulled into Vancouver. We had just landed. And uh, we're, we're, we're sitting in my, my room with, uh, with my roommate. And the phone rings. And I was a young guy, so I get it. And it's Mike Philbury. He's like, hi, Jason. Just want to let you know we just traded you to uh, Vancouver. Thanks for everything. Mike Keene will be calling you in two minutes. And he hangs up. <laughs> I'm like, so... My, my, my roommate looks over and he's like, what happened? I'm like, I think I just got traded. You know, there's always a lot of jokes, though, guys playing tricks on each other. He's like, no, no, there's no way. Just as he says that, the phone rings. Hello, Jason, Mike Keenan. We're welcome to Vancouver. Be in the lobby in five minutes. You'll, be at a, you'll have a, a press conference in 15 at the rink. Then we'll move you to a new hotel. So I'm like, thank you, and hangs up. I, I turn around like, I think I just got traded. So I pack my stuff up, walk downstairs. Sure enough, there was a member of the PR staff of the Canucks. I went right down to the rink. Gino was just wrapping up his, um, uh, you know, interview. I did mine, and uh, I just said, hey, I'm happy to be here. And an hour later, from the time I was traded, I was in a new hotel just down from the new one. So I called my mom and dad. I was only 22, and I said, hey, how are you guys? They're like, good, how are you? I'm like, I just got traded to Vancouver. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I just got traded to Vancouver. <laughs> and, and that was it. 
So the next day I had to play my old team, and I was so nervous. Uh, I kept going after Gino Olchik, asking him to fight. He said, no, wait, wait, wait. Then finally he, he, he was nice enough to beat me up. And then uh, I went on to play five years in Vancouver. So uh, it's, it's a very unsettling time, though, for, for players, especially when you're on a bad team or you're a target, perhaps, of a trade. You know, Rob and I interviewed Adam Cracknell this afternoon, and, and I just replayed it. Good interview. I had Patrick Maroon off the top of the show. And, you know, like you said, they're happy to come to Edmonton. It's okay with the standings. You get to play with Connor McDavid. But there's got to be some player. And I'm not saying with these two guys, but whether it's a move in the standings or not, some guys have families that are settled. There's got to be some guys who are thinking, I can't believe this happened. This is the last thing that I ever wanted to happen to be traded right now. Well, for sure, especially if you're settled. I mean, I can just speak from my own experience. You know, I played three years in Edmonton, and, you know, the last two, I thought there was a chance I could get traded, you know. And, and I remember thinking, I don't want to get traded. And, and you know, the reason, I'll, I'll say the reason for that wasn't that I didn't want to go somewhere else, is that, my wife and I are having uh, fertility issues. So we are trying to get pregnant or and or getting pregnant during those two years. And I remember thinking if I get traded, I might just say, you know what, I'm good. I'd retire and I'd, I'd move on. Because it was there, that was more important to me than going somewhere else to be the seventh or eighth defenseman on a playoff team. So, you know, it's, 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 you know I made a joke on Twitter today saying it's so boring because nothing's happened. But at times we have to remember these are people with families or issues going on that we don't, we're not aware of, or, or people don't share with. But it is unsettling, and I'm, I think it's very important. I, I feel strongly about this. There should not be games on trade deadline day. I don't know why the NHL doesn't get this idea, because even if you're not a player who thinks you might get traded, you're watching it. You're, you're constantly updating your phone. You're seeing what's going on, because you're interested to see what, you know, you're possibly a team like, if you're Chicago, well, what Dallas can do, what St. Louis can do. It's distracting. Take one day off. Make that the mandatory day off for everyone in the NHL that week, and then you resume your activities the next day. Yeah, I, I agree. If, if they want even more focus on it, don't have games and maybe have the deadline at 6 Eastern or something like that. You could even push it back later in the day. And just along the lines of what I was asking you before we get into some of the Oilers moves, because I know you're eager to talk about those, did you ever have, and you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but did you ever have a guy acquired through a trade and then he got to your team, and you were like, oh, man, I don't think he, he wants to be here. Uh, no, not I don't think so much in that. I mean, most, most time, I think the initial shock, you know, and like I looked down in Calgary, that young man, uh, Yoki Paka, you know, and I, I read and heard some of his comments, and he, you know, he's like, I'm devastated. Well, yeah, you go from really good team to Calgary, a uh, team that's definitely, you know, trying to find its footing in, in the Western Conference. So I think there's disappointment, but then you get there, and there's good guys in every dress room. You know, I think I, whatever number of years I played, I think there was one or two guys I didn't like in all those years. So you go there, you get settled in, maybe new opportunity, and if you've been with the one team for a long time, it is it, it kind of shocks you a little bit. It gets you going again. So um, I never had that situation happen before, but I think if you did have those feelings, you probably wouldn't express them the first minute you walk into a new dress room. Yeah, well, no, fair enough. I just, you know, you just wonder about body language or little comments or, or, or stuff like that. I'm looking for gossip, Jason Strudwick. That's really what I'm all yeah. about. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about the Oscars. Lots of gossip out of that. I didn't even get to watch them. <laughs> I know. I was watching the game, too. It's hard. It's just, it, it, I don't think, having a sports guy is hard uh, to, to be aware of anything else going on around the world. 
Yeah, no kidding. Jason Strudwick joining us, former Oilers defenseman. Of course, you now get him from 5 to 7 every weeknight on Dinner TV over on City TV. All right, I saw you tweeting about uh, Patrick Maroon. I had him on off the top of the show. Uh, I mean, he's, he's 6'3", 230. Uh, I don't think he's overly swift, but he likes to protect the puck. He likes to forecheck. He's been in six fights this year. Not that you know that's a, a huge part of the game anymore. But is this guy gonna gonna fit in? Does he add a little something to the Oilers that's been missing? How do you assess him? I do. I like it. I mean, I really like the trade. In, I mean, if we're being honest, with all due respect to the draft picks and Marty Gurnat, this wasn't a very expensive, especially when you factor in. Uh, that uh, Anaheim's retaining 25% of the salary. I like what he could bring. I, I like the potential there. I think this guy had a tough season. Um, you know, last year he played quite a bit with uh, the two big guns there, uh, Getzlaff and Perry. I, I, I like what he can bring. And, and specifically, I'll dial in what you kind of mentioned there. I love how he holds on to the puck. And in the offensive zone, the Oilers, they're, they're good off the rush, but not often enough do we see them holding the puck and lugging around the offensive zone and just having that 30 or 40 or even, down, dare I say, a minute shift. They had one against Islanders yesterday. I believe it was in the second period. And the fans acknowledged it with a nice cheer. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, imposing your will on the other team by grinding away. And it's not always sexy. You know, Conor McDevitt, David, what he does is very sexy. But having a guy or a line that can just grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, wear down the other team and kind of get that momentum going for you. Like, holy jeez. You know, these three guys went out there and held on to the puck for a minute in the offensive zone, got a couple shots, and now it's our turn. We're going to go follow it up with another good shift. And that, to me, is what team is all about. You have a different look to each line. I don't know if he's going to get a chance right off the hop with the, with the top line, but just like uh, Zach Cassian, maybe there's a chance to move him up the line. Because you, you look at this team now, Hendricks, Cassian, and Maroon, you can spread those guys over three lines and kind of have that, that little bit heavier presence, a little bit of a, a grittier feel to the lines. And I'm not even talking about fighting. I'm just talking about irritating. And I think Zach's done a really good job of that uh, since he's been here. And I'd like to see Patrick, because I think the one knock on Patrick, he maybe doesn't do it every night. Well, he's got to find a way, and then Tom McConnell has to push that out of his game or into his game every single night. Yeah, and that's a fair comment. And, I mean, a texter wrote in earlier and said there's got to be a reason the Ducks traded him away. Fair enough. They brought in a couple of other forwards today, and and they want to free some uh, cap space maybe for some of their RFAs. So Maroon's still under contract for two more years. He gets moved out. You brought up the lines. It's going to be interesting tomorrow to see if Yakupov gets that shot right away with McDavid and Eberle or if, or if maybe Maroon does because you mentioned that balance. And, look, Maroon certainly isn't as fast as McDavid or Eberle, but, but maybe that's the element that, that is going to help that line. I don't know. I know the Yakupov fans are going to lose their minds if, if he's not on that line to start the game. But, uh, you know, I think Maroon's probably going to get some decent shots here as well. You know what? I, I just, if I'm Todd McClellan, I probably don't drop him on that line right away. You know, I think that Yak, you know, Yak, he's got to find his game and he's, He's still obviously a work in progress. But when I look at Maroon, I, I think if he were to get a chance on that line, I like the idea that he can hold on to that puck and draw defenders to him. And not just Jordan Evans is as good as anyone in the NHL about getting lost. All of a sudden, you know, he's, he's wide open in the slot. And that's when McDavid can find him. But if Maroon can grind it out, hang on to that puck, get physical, draw some defenders, it opens up more space for those other two guys. So I would like to see that. But just like, you know, I think I was on the show about a month ago. And I said, I could see... 
that cast in with Dreisaitl and all. And it took some time, but he got the chance as well, and he earned that shot, quite frankly. So, you know, I wouldn't put him on the line tomorrow if I'm Todd, but I'd definitely give it a look at some point. Maybe if that line's gone a little bit stale, boom, pop him up there, see what it looks like. All right. Jason, I, I know uh, you always listen to this show from uh, 7 to 7.20 while you're driving, so thanks for being on the show today. Oh, by the way, I, I, I had some, I forgot to read this to you. Hang on. Uh, Reed, I spent the last five days straight at a computer 12 hours a day, and you're right. The NHL website is horrid. 71% slower than the NFL site, 56% slower than the Major League Baseball site. I, I don't know if this person's joking or not, but it is horrid. It's, it's, it, I can't find anything. You know, you want to get the updates, uh, events, summaries. You've got to click on the scores, and you got to click down, way down. It's, it's almost like they're trying to make it so you don't want to go to that website. I use other ones now because it's so hard to, to, to get around and use it. You got to even Einstein thinks it's frustrating. <laughs> Great stuff, Jason. We'll see you at the rink soon, buddy. Really appreciate your time. Right on, Reed. Talk to you later. That is Jason Strudwick. Always great to have him on the show. It is 719, former NHL defenseman. He's now on City TV, one of the hosts of Dinner Television. Okay, you can text 630-630. You can email insidesports at 630ched.com. And, of course, the open line number is 780-496-0063. Scoreboard update when we get back. We'll tell you how the Flames are doing in Philly. The 630 Chet Street Team is hitting the road in our 2015 GMC terrain from Northgate Chevrolet Butte GMC. Up the Henday or down the White Mud? From the north side to the south side. Rexel Place, Commonwealth Stadium, Churchill Square, and back again. We're busy heading all over town for the best events in the city. Watch for the 630 Chet Street Team at a community event near you. Find out what's happening in Edmonton by heading to the events page at 630Chet.com. The 630 Chad Street Team, powered by Northgate Chevrolet Buick GMC. Oh, hello. I'm Buck the Shawbot here to talk about the new free-range TV app. And yes, I'm a chicken. But that's not why I got the job. It's because I love TV. And now I can watch it anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Or maybe it's because my voice is charming yet persuasive. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Right. Hey, it was on TV this morning, Kellen Kennedy. That's what my mom and dad said. They watched you. Viewers of Global Television at 820 still trying to recover from the experience of seeing me. <laughs> what did Jay Onright write in his book? Uh, I believe he referred to me as hideous. Yeah. It's probably accurate. <laughs> I got nothing to add to that. And it's just, you know. But you, you are a nice guy. You are. I, I, right, you're I'm nice beautiful guy. on the inside. You're a good guy. I'm you're a good guy. I'm beautiful on the inside. That's radio. I have way, a so. nice personality. You can take Reed's voice and, you know, picture him looking like Fabio or something like that and. That's what we got. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I am very Fabi-esque. There you go. Whatever Just, happened to Fabio? Uh, I don't know, but don't forget, he had that incident a few years back where he was on that roller coaster and he took a bird in the schnoz, right? So What? Yeah. Did it Go break his nose? If you want something wild to read, Google Fabio bird roller coaster incident. And that happened like 
over 10 years ago or so it broke his nose and his face he had to get like reconstructive surgery done and the whole deal did the bird pass away um can't remember it, it but uh it definitely hurt the bird that's for sure remember when randy johnson obliterated the bird oh, with his yeah. fastball absolutely yeah yeah nothing but feathers after that feather storm mm-hmm. what a freak accident that was oh no kidding text to 63630 isn't a cast off from a stanley cup contender better than someone on a cellar dweller i think that's a rhetorical question danny from vegreville hey danny how's the egg looking tonight do you think Peter may try to have three offensive lines with each line having one skilled winger and then a more physical lower cap hit winger like Cassie Norma Maroon? I think he very he, may, he might be trying to do just that. Danny from Vegreville, good text message tonight. Oh, I said I was going to give some scores, didn't I? The Oil Kings lost 6-1 this afternoon to the Victoria Royals. Oil Kings forward Brett Pollock was traded today in the NHL. He'll join us. Flyers leading the Flames 2-1 halfway through the game. Simmons with his 22nd. Columbus and the Rangers 1-1 with six minutes left. Patrick Hornquist has a hat trick as the Penguins lead the Coyotes 4-0 in the third. The Lightning lead the Leafs 2-0 after two. Red Wings and Stars scoreless after one. Later on tonight, Canadians and Sharks in San Josie. Lyle says, how can anyone say that Oilers' management and coaching is better than in the past? They are in last place. We traded three players for draft picks that will most likely never play in the NHL. That is from Lyle. Well, I guess, Lyle, if you believe that, then you also believe that Mike Babcock is one of the two worst coaches in the NHL, along with Todd McClellan. I think the Oilers are well coached. I think we're still evaluating Shirelli. Uh, but I think generally he has not sacrificed a lot to bring in some of what this team is missing. We will see if it pans out. Bob Stoffer's coming up. Brett Pollock as well. Kelly Moore out of CGOB in Winnipeg to tell you a little bit about Adam Party, who was claimed off waivers today by the Edmonton Oilers. We are back after the 7.30 news. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. Okay. Good to have you along for the ride tonight. Halfway through the show, Brett Pollock's going to join us in about uh, 15 or 20 minutes. Young man who was uh, traded, or at least his trade was announced in the NHL, his NHL rights, while he was playing a WHL game for the Edmonton Oil Kings. We'll talk about that experience and with him. Kelly Moore out of CJOB in Winnipeg. He saw Adam Party play, granted only 14 games this year for the Winnipeg Jets, so he'll give us some perspective there on what uh, he might be able to bring to the Oilers between now and the end of the season. Again, running down the Oilers' moves today before I bring in Bob Stoffer, they traded Martin Gurnat and a 2016 fourth-round pick to Anaheim for Patrick Maroon. Maroon joined us off the top of the show. Uh, Kellen Kennedy, have you podcasted already? It's up there. It's already on the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com if you want to go back and listen. Adam Cracknell claimed from Vancouver. Adam Party claimed from Winnipeg. Brassois, Nurse, 
Kara and Osterley assigned to Bakersfield. Paper transactions for Brassois and Nurse so they can play in the AHL playoffs. Uh, they'll be with the Oilers tomorrow in Buffalo. Gazdick and Nikitin called up. Contract extensions for Brandon Davidson and Laurent Brassois, who this gentleman interviewed today at Rexall Place, and that is Bob Stoffer. Bob, I know you had a busy day. I know you just flew into Buffalo. Thanks for making time for Inside Sports, man. How's it going? Uh, not bad, Reed, and I apologize. I'm just uh, downstairs here in the lounge, so I stepped away. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a fun day, uh, and I can tell you that uh, when we left at 1 o'clock, the trade had not been consummated yet for Patrick Maroon, and uh, we got word about that probably about 2.30 Edmonton time. It's about 90 minutes into the flight, and uh, interesting pickup by Peter Shirelli. And continuing that theme, I mean, the, the Zach Cassian trade, with Ben Scrivens and now picking up Maroon and getting Anaheim to retain 25% on Maroon's salary, all the while dumping, uh, you know, getting out of Martin Gurnett, who just, it just hasn't happened for Martin at the pro level. Um, you know, I, I think that that sort of illustrates that uh, Peter Shirelli knew he had to get a bigger, heavier team. Uh, Maroon's going to have a chance probably to play in the top 90. It doesn't sound like he's going to be able to play tomorrow. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's certainly an NHL player. He had a tremendous playoffs a couple of years ago with Anaheim. Uh, and combined with casting, it gives the owners a lot different dimension in their top nine. Well, and it's been interesting seeing some of the listener feedback about Maroon. Most people like it. And, hey, you know what? Some of the concerns I get, Bob, is, is he fast enough? How's his foot speed? Um, you know, is he on the is he on the downside of his career? I, I would say it's more likely this might be a blip, given that he's only 27. I, I don't think he's he's fading already. Um, a, a couple people asked me, is he dust? Is he like Dustin Penner? Well, he's not going to score like Dustin Penner, but but he's going to get in there and protect the puck and, and forecheck. I, I just think overall it's a pretty low risk maneuver, like you mentioned for Gurnat and a fourth round pick. And somebody was asking on the text line too, Bob, could he be a net presence on the power play? Yes, he can. And, you know, i got to tell you, like two years ago in the playoffs, I remember doing an event at Rexall Place. Every, do, every year we do a uh, Oilers sponsors draft. And they were in, like, round 12. And I said, there is a guy who could be a first liner still out there. And every, and Maroon started that season at the start of 14-15. Uh, he started on the line with Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry. Now, this year he spent a lot of time in the fourth line, played further down the lineup. But, I think Maroon's going to get a, you know, it's about opportunity. It's kind of like Justin Schultz getting that chance at Pittsburgh. And, uh, I know the analytic numbers aren't great on Maroon, uh, on Maroon right now on a pretty good analytics team, but I do think that Maroon will be rejuvenated given the opportunity. The price point's right for the Oilers. Um, you know, if Henrik's is a fourth-line left wing, then Maroon's a third-line left wing, it's worse. And it, it also gives them, you know, he's t- the, the difference between him and Penner, Penner's more skilled. Um Penner fought to stand up for his teammates, but didn't really have a mean streak. Uh-huh. Okay, Patrick Maroon has a mean streak, uh, and he's won some and lost some along the ways. But he's a bit like Cassian; he's a little bit unpredictable. And Cassian, I think, can play further up the lineup than Maroon can. Like to me, I mean, look, Cassian was a first-round NHL draft choice. Ironically enough, by Buffalo, there were people that, that still think Pat, you know, Zach could be a top-six forward. Uh, again, I look at Maroon. Maroon is a third liner with a little bit of time on the power play, but it's just changing. The orders have to become more difficult to play against, add more spot size, and they've done that here, the, you know, specifically the Cassian and the Maroon trades in the offseason. 
Well, and more size from the waiver wire as well. Cracknell's 30. He's uh, six foot two. Party, 31 years of age. He's six foot four. Both these guys are UFA. I, I know. I think in my well, and and uh, Shirelli referenced it with Cracknell, especially. You know, Pouliot's down. We may not see him again this season with the shoulder problem. So they kind of needed another forward to help out. And Party, uh, Griba, and Clefbaum are injured. Schultz was traded. Osterley's back to the farm. Clendenning has seen limited minutes. A again, these are low-risk moves. The Oilers aren't a team that, that need help necessarily make a playoff spot. And Cracknell and Party, again, Bob, you, got, you go back to that word opportunity. It's kind of like, hey, guys, how, how bad do you want to play in the NHL next year? Whether it's with the Oilers or not, prove you can still do it and prove that you have size and you can use that size effectively. Yeah, there's a hardness to Cracknell's game that I know Ken Hitchcock always liked in St. Louis. And, you know, he beat Lyndon Bale, who played for Willie Desjardins in uh, Medicine Hat uh, at the start of this season after Bay, I thought, actually did some good things last year in Vancouver. Uh, you know, Cracknell's, he's not tough, but he's a firm player, and he identifies his role. In Party's case, I think, you know, you're looking at a guy that's a gap guy for the Oilers for the next 18 games. He may only play 10 or 11 of them. But he is also a guy, Reed. I do think organizations need carrying forward as an organizational depth guy. Even if he only plays 30, 35 games a year, you get that guy at 750k or a million bucks as a number eight defenseman uh, you know you can live with that and so he's both guys have a chance to pop you looked at rob quick when the owners picked him up last year from david perron and uh you know quick was a throw-in so they could match the contracts back and forth and then the owners got the pick so i do think there's a possibility that this could be beyond the end of the season for at least one of cracknell or party Bob Stoffer joining us inside sports on 6.30. Ched, it is 7.40. Now 3-1 for the Flyers leading the Flames. Braden Shen with two. He's up to 20 on the seasons. Uh, 20 on the season. Monaghan got his 20th, and Simmons has the other flyer goal, his uh, 22nd of the year. I want to touch on that Russell trade in a second, Bob, but, well, it, it's all it's all tied together uh, with uh, with Brett Pollock as well, who I'm going to talk to in in a in a few yep. minutes. To me, that to me that's the to me that's the biggest trade of the day. Russell going from uh, Calgary to Dallas, Yokopaka Pollock draft pick going the other way. Well, and as you know, Jim Nell is from uh, Hannah, Alberta. He would know Medicine Hat. You know, I'm disappointed the Oilers didn't draft uh, Chris Russell back in 2005. Instead, they took Taylor Jorney. Obviously, Chris Russell stand out to be a better hockey player than Taylor Jorney. Uh, Russell was a competitive player going into Red Deer when Brent Sutter's Red Deer Rebels used to just intimidate everybody. And Medicine Hat was starting to become a better team under Willie Desjardins. Um, you know, now, does Russell, do you pay him five times, five and a half? I don't, but somebody's going to. And I thought that uh, Brad Schrett, like, you, you take a look, Dallas has a chance to win, but they got to get better. They got better because they got a guy that's a useful, legitimate number four NHL defenseman on the back end. Conversely, I thought Calgary got a good return. You know, they, they got a conditional, what is it? It's a second that could become a number one. Yep. Um, you know, Pollock has a chance to be a complimentary NHL winger. He's probably going to need some time. He'll need some time at minors, for sure, a couple of years at least. Uh, but he has an opportunity. He can shoot the puck. He's not the toughest of guys, though he does rack up penalty minutes. He's a converted defenseman, and he's played on good teams before. And so, uh, you know, he's got he's certainly got the skill to play in the uh, National Hockey League. And then Yoko Paka, on a Calgary team that needed to get cheap on the back end, 
is a very useful depth defenseman for that organization. So the trade makes sense for me to both sides. All right, and before I let you go, did you see the Derek Ryan news? Yes. He's been called up, uh, former Golden Bear, called up from yeah. Charlotte uh, from Charlotte to Carolina. I had him on the show, the new Living the Dream segment, a couple weeks ago. He said, I think I'm close to getting my shot here. Here we go. He's going to get it. Well, Bill Peters told me when they traded Eric Stahl, Derek Ryan was coming up at that point. They did not want to bring Ryan up in a uh, fourth-line role. They wanted to give him an opportunity. Uh, I mean, you know the connection. I was the SID when Derek was recruited at the U of A and stayed in touch with Derek when I uh, moved over to the Oilers. And, uh, in fact, Derek uh, passed along today to tell me that he's been called up. I wanted to wait before Charlotte had officially put that out or the uh, Hurricanes had put that out. It's a tremendous story. And uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Derek Ryan's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year, Reed. And, you know, Kevin Lowe's seen uh, Keegan play a bunch in uh, Charlotte this year. And there were some people pushing for the Oilers to look at Derek Ryan as a depth guy. Um, I think this game might translate better at the NHL level than a guy like Miller that the Oilers have had. And then Miller hasn't been a bad call-up. So uh, let's see how Derek does. And hopefully he doesn't have to go back to Charlotte this year and he gets to stick uh, the rest of the season in Carolina, make some NHL money. It's a great story. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry to be greedy with your time, but I'd be re- remiss if I didn't follow up on that. Why would Ryan's game translate better in the NHL than in the A? Because I think he process. I don't think he has the, uh, the straightaway speed. Uh, I think he might have actual more quickness, but not the same. Like Miller's a burner, but I do think that uh, there's some different aspects to uh, Ryan's game. I think he might have a little bit better. Miller's been a good pro, and uh, you know. But you take a look at what Miller did in his first year, and it's quite comparable to what Ryan's done this year. But I think Ryan's played a little bit more all-around game. And let's see. I just think that Ryan has the capacity to possibly share the puck a little bit more. The numbers in Sweden last year, where he led the league and was the MVP of the Swedish Elite League, sort of support that. That's not a high-scoring league. Uh, he said two years ago in Austria, he you know he led the league in goal scoring. Last year, he led the Swedish League in points. I remember talking to Oscar Kleffbaum and Victor Foss about it, and they said if he can do that, he's going to get a chance to play at the NHL level. They both thought, uh, you, know, and, you know, they are Swedish, but it's not an easy league to score. And for a first-year player to come in, that's, you know, that is pretty impressive. And the fact is he had more assists last year than the, the goals that he had the year before in Austria. So I think he's got a chance to to make some noise and, and maybe get you know, maybe gets in eighteen, nineteen games and carves out a late NHL career for himself in his late twenties, early thirties. Bob, thanks for your time, Matt. I know you're trying to settle in there in Buffalo. I look forward to Oilers now tomorrow. Oh, we'll try to have a good show. Thanks, Ray. That is Bob Stoffer checking in Oilers now from noon to 2. Good stuff from Bob there and uh, giving you the details on Derek Ryan as well. Good opportunity for him in the NHL with the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, still 3-1 Philly leading Calgary late in the second period. Rough ride for the Oil Kings this afternoon at Rexall Place. They lost 6-1 to the Victoria Royals. We will talk to Brett Pollock about that game, plus his thoughts on his NHL rights being traded when we get back. This is Oscar Kleffbrom from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. All right. Braden Shen now with a hat trick. 4-1 Flyers over the Flames late in the second period. 
Patrick Hornquist also has a hat trick tonight. The Penguins exploding over the Coyotes. 6-0. Tampa Bay up 2-0 on Toronto. That's in the third period. Still no score between Dallas and Detroit. That's in the second frame. The Rangers beat the Blue Jackets 2-1. Canadians and Sharks still to come. This afternoon at Rexall Place, tough one for the Edmonton Oil Kings. They lost 6-1 to the Victoria Royals. A newsworthy day for several reasons as we bring in Oil Kings forward Brett Pollock. Brett, you're on with Reed. Thanks for making time for us tonight. How are you doing? No problem. I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I know you guys have been playing pretty well lately, but I guess a cup, uh, a, a tough last uh, couple of games. Tell me about the loss this afternoon to the Royals. Yeah, it was a tough one this morning. I mean, um, you know, they're a really good team, and um, I don't think we were ready to go. I mean, we didn't have the effort we needed, but um, you know, we're looking to bounce back this weekend. Was it tough to start a game at 11:30 in the morning? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we've done it before. We have it every year, so. Most of the guys in the room are used to it, but um, you know, just, it just wasn't there this morning. All right, they they got an early goal, I believe it was 26 seconds in, and then another one at 4:54. Uh, you guys did get one back, but it was it a game where you felt like maybe you were playing uphill right from the start? Yeah, it's never never easy when you're down one nothing the first shift of the game. So that definitely wasn't the start we wanted, but um, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't manage to claw our way back into it. All right. Now, an interesting day for you because while you were on the ice, your NHL rights were traded from Dallas to Calgary as part of the Chris Russell trade. Uh, you were taken by Dallas, 45th overall in in 2014. Did you get a sense something might be up uh, before the game, or did you know before the game already? What can you tell us? Uh, no, I wasn't too sure, to, to be honest. But, um, you know, during the game, at the intermissions, I kind of saw cameras following me, which was a little unusual. Uh, usually doesn't happen at uh, games, so um, I kind of had a sense something was uh, was up, but I had no idea what it was or you know what the trade was at all. So I found out after the game. Is it true that uh, Gene Principe was taking a picture of you and that tipped you off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I know he was. Uh, I kind of glanced back as we were going off for second intermission. I saw him by the uh, the Oilers door there, and then he kind of pulled his phone out and took a took a quick picture. So I kind of caught him doing that. So. From then on, I kind of figured something was up or something was going on. Was that difficult for you to to have that pop into your mind during the game? No, not at all. I didn't. I didn't think too much of it, to be honest. I was just kind of, you know, focused on the game and and trying to get back into it. But um, you know, after the game, uh, Hammy told me right away, our head coach. So that kind of made sense all after that. And has someone in Cal- from Calgary been in touch with you? And if so, what did they say? Uh, yeah, after the game, I talked to the general manager from Calgary there, so he just kind of let me know what was going on and what the deal was and that, uh, you know, they're excited to have me and I'm excited to be a part of the, the Flames now. All right, well, i got to ask you this. What does an Edmonton Oil King from Sherwood Park, Alberta, feel about becoming a member of the Calgary Flames organization? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's weird and it, it sounds weird too, but um, like I said before, I'm just very happy for the opportunity and uh, you know, looking forward to getting things going and meeting everyone in the Flames organization. All right, so the the season for you, 67 points in 63 games. Uh, you had 88 last year, so you should get close to that again. How would you how would you sum up this uh, year for you and certainly a year where probably a lot was expected of you? It's been good so far. I think, um, you know, my main goal this year was to be more of a complete player and, um, you know, be a, a 200-foot forward that, um, you know, is more reliable and I think that's a, something that I've improved on this year and I wanted to be a big part of the penalty kill and and look to be on the ice in defensive situations and that's something that um, you know coach has showed by putting me out there and um, you know that was a goal of mine as I said before so 
it's been good so far, and we're a younger team that um, you know we're looking to to get on a roll here. Who in the NHL would you compare yourself to, or you would say, okay, everybody, if if I'm in the NHL in five or six years, I want to be like this guy? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, you know, as the years have gone on, I've kind of looked to be more of a player like um, Johansson on Nashville. Now I know um, he's a pretty skilled guy. He's a bit taller and lankier, like uh, in his junior days he was like me. So um, I mean, I don't. I don't know if I'm as skilled as him, but um, you know I like to play like him and think that we have uh, you know similar game styles. Okay, so part of the uh, trade today, Brett Pollock, who we're talking to, goes with Yerky Yokopaka and a conditional second-round pick in 2016 to the Calgary Flames. Going the other way to the Dallas Stars is Chris Russell. Brett, before I let you go, uh, next game for you guys. Uh, when can the fans check out the Oil Kings next? Pardon me? Sorry, this weekend against uh, Met Hat on Friday, I believe, so It'll be a good one. They're right behind us in the standings. Okay, awesome. Brett, thanks for making time for us. I know you probably had to do a few of these today because of the trade, so appreciate you being on Inside Sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Right on. That is Brett Pollock checking in from the Oil Kings and now a member of the Calgary Flames organization. Coming up to the 8 o'clock news, of course, I want to remind you that Inside Sports is presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow as the Oilers visit Buffalo to take on Jack Eichel and the Sabres. Pre-game show is at 4, puck drop at 5.30. AMA, safety and savings for your family. Yeah, Brett Pollock, pretty good player. Good shot to be in the uh, NHL. And it might be with the Calgary Flames. So, yeah, grew up in Sherwood Park, an Edmonton Oil King, and uh, now a member of the Flames organization. He will, he, he will deal with it like a pro, I'm sure. I don't think I would. I think if I were traded to Calgary, I'd be upset. Probably not many people listening would be upset. Like, if I got traded for Steinberg. Oh, I, I was going to say, you know, what if Steinberg was already down there and they traded you for somebody else? Like if I had to go work with Steinberg? Yeah. If we Steinberg were radio line mates, so to speak? Yeah, Steinberg and Wilkins. It's got an odd ring to it. Or Wilkins and Steinberg. Would the person with the most seniority get the top Well, he's been <laughs> at that station longer. So yeah, he'd, there we go. <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd have to... Uh, He'd have to be first. All right. Uh, 8 o'clock news coming up. Here's what's still ahead in the final hour. Of course, you can text us at 630-630. And the phone number is 780-496-0063. Kelly Moore still ahead. We'll talk a little bit about the Winnipeg Jets, where they are headed. Could be an interesting summer for them, just like it's probably going to be an interesting summer for the Oilers. And Adam Party, former Jet, now a member of the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get the scouting report. And new Eskimo receiver Chris Getzlaff in town today. We have part of the interview with him and play-by-play voice Morley Scott. We'll look at how he affects the depth chart as well. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Talk to you soon.